All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. We are inching closer and closer to the holiday break. Welcome into Daily Faceoff Live, streaming live on the DFO YouTube. As always, the show is brought to you by Botano 19 Plus. Please play responsibly. Not only does the game start now at Botano, Frank, but the Botano Holiday Prize Pool is almost here. It's happening Saturday, December 23rd. It's a 9 p.m. draw, and it's their biggest prize pool yet at $2,000. One of the many ways Botano is celebrating the holidays, and there's no deposit required. All you need is a Botano account to celebrate. Frank, how's it going? It's going. It's inching closer to Christmas. Last day of school for the kids. Absolute mayhem in my house. Very excited. These next two days leading into the holiday break, the two biggest mail-it-in days for people on the calendar, but we are not mailing yeah. it in on this People show. that sit at cubicles, yes. <laughs> yeah, I would not be very productive. Poor bastards. If I was in that spot. Uh, let's talk about a little bit what we saw last night. We have a lot to get to today on the show. Brent Wallace is going to swing by in a little bit, talk some senators. We're going to revisit our offseason, as you can see at the bottom of the screen. But let's talk about one of the games last night, Frank. And our group chat for DFO Live was buzzing. And our boy Gavin puts in, he goes, holy crap, the Kings had 33 shots in the first period. So I go to NHL.com, I look, and I was like, yeah, they did. And then they stat corrected it to 32, then to 26 then down to 22, and then eventually down to 20. So I was like, okay, actually not that crazy of a first period, but the Kings were all over the Kraken. Joey Decord steals the game, though. The Kraken may be finding their goalie here, Frank. Yeah, that's to me is is really what I wanted to highlight. Um, the, King, the Kraken goaltending has been a lot better the last couple of weeks, and 
it's kind of giving them a chance here. You look at Joey Decord's last five games in net. He's riding a five-game point streak, three wins, no regulation losses, and two OT losses, one in OT, one in the shootout. But more importantly has been his save percentage. You take a look at the absolute pile of pucks that he faced on Wednesday night against the Kings that he looks like someone who's dialed in right now. And that's a big reason why he's getting the bulk of the starts for the Kraken. Goaltending has been an issue. And it seems like Decord is their own internal solution for right now. And they're getting the results as a result of that better goaltending. Do you think it could be enough though for the Seattle Kraken and and just how far back they are? Like again, I just look, this team's milking OT losses like crazy, Frank. Nine of them on the year. They've only won 11 games out of the first 34. But then there's a part of me that goes, we saw them play some pretty good hockey for long stretches last year. Maybe this was just the slow start for them. And those OT losses have propped up. Maybe they can get hot for a little bit. Hot. I, I understand what you're saying. I'm just not buying it. Um, I think that a lot of what we saw last year for this Kraken team was a one-year blip and aberration. Um, when you look at the way this West is kind of crowded right now with a bunch of teams sort of swimming around in that mix, the Kraken right there with the Flames, um, the Oilers obviously digging out of their mess are still right there as well. but. I just see a couple teams in the pecking order that are a bit above uh, head and shoulders above the Kraken in terms of where they want to get to. And I'm not necessarily talking about the Coyotes or Preds. Could the Kraken go on a streak and, and catch those guys? I think yes. But I think ultimately between the Wild and the Oilers, those are going to be the two teams to me that have the talent and and you know sort of baseline of success to to get it back in the race. Last night on dailyfaceoff.com, Frank, you had a story up about the regional TV rights in the NHL, and things have kind of been up in the air for a while with the Bally Sports bankruptcy, but the first line of your story is the NHL can breathe a sigh of relief. Explain why the latest update here is such a sigh of relief for the league. Well, it's a sigh of relief because, for one, um, the league wasn't entirely sure with Bally Sports going through their bankruptcy if at some point a shoe was going to drop this year and they were all of a sudden going to have to uh, pick up and broadcast, uh, get games on the air for 11 of their 32 teams. That was a possibility. Now they've dodged a bullet here because not only has Bally Sports agreed to uh, finish out the remainder of this season, but they're also going to pay their rights fees, which is hugely important for league revenue and the overall salary cap. So no material impact this season why should fans care about what happens next as the NHL has 10 months to figure out what these teams do? The rights are going to revert back to teams after this season. So they're going to be free to do with their broadcasting rights, basically whatever they want. They could launch their own in-house network. They could go over the air like how the Arizona Coyotes have done in partnership with the league and script sports to basically broadcast their games for free for anyone that wants to watch. They could go in a totally different direction, launch a joint venture, go with a different regional broadcaster. The point being and why fans should care is not only does this matter how you consume the game, but more than that, it's from a pure revenue and salary cap perspective. These 11 rights fees are worth a few hundred million dollars. And on top of that, you're dealing with a league that as a whole and pro sports as a whole is grappling with what to do with regional broadcast 
rights in general. Is this going to be the same revenue generator and moneymaker for leagues and teams that it has been sort of penciled into business plans for a long time? Or is the NHL and some of these teams going to have to scrap to not only pay to produce the games, which is very expensive, but on top of that, have to then sell ads and fill content and lots of different things that go with it. So from a pure fan perspective, how you experience the game may change, but also from a revenue perspective, if the league goes backwards with regards to revenue rights fees for next season, then you could actually see the salary cap going in a downward direction if there's not enough new revenue to make up for it. Hmm. Interesting. You bring up the idea of teams starting to, to maybe go in-house with this kind of thing, Frank. And, and that is really intriguing because on the surface, you think, hey, if it's a profitable thing for a TV network to do it, why wouldn't the team just want all that profit themselves? But you mentioned everything else that kind of goes into it as well. You cord need to cutting. sell all that, right? Well, yeah, cord cutting, the way we consume sports, everything's changing. So I think part of what the NHL is grappling with is how do we then get our product into the hands of consumers and fans the way they want to watch it? Do they want to watch it on YouTube like they're watching this show? Do they want to watch it directly on their phone, on the go? However they want to get it, the NHL wants to provide it, but it also needs to be a revenue-generating, money-making thing for the league because it's built in and wired into business plans and basically league revenue that you can't afford a shortfall. Yeah. Uh, Frank, we only have one more show left in the calendar year of 2023. We won't be back after tomorrow's show until... January. So I figured it was a good time to sit and look back at the offseason. It's obviously not quite the official halfway point of the NHL season, but before the calendar turns, it seems fitting to look back at how some fresh faces are doing with their new team. So the way we're breaking down our offseason revisited segments is I gave you three categories. I want to know a winner, a loser, and a win-win situation. So for you, I'm going to start. Who is your big winner in terms of an offseason transaction? My big winner is the Dallas Stars in bringing in Matt Duchesne. Um, I think what they've gotten to this point has not just been a highly motivated player, but a really productive one. And at, you know, 27 points in 29 games, he's nearing a point per game pace. He's gotten back to a level that I think he could play at, but hasn't done consistently enough in the NHL. And I think he's also fit in pretty well with this Stars team. That's the one benefit of having a leader like Jamie Benn that, you know, if there's been question marks about Matt Duchesne and his fit and personality and how he impacts a team, well, then you can have Jamie Benn come in and lead the way and show him what's acceptable and what isn't. So uh, Duchesne, for a team that really needed a piece like that, uh, I think he's fit perfectly in Dallas. And they were my team, my pick before the season started to win the Stanley Cup. I don't really have much reason at this point to change. And the thing with Duchesne, too, it wasn't exactly a guy who was, you know, coming off an exceptionally poor season or anything like he had 22 goals last year it's difficult to score 20 goals in the nhl year before that he was a 40 plus goal scorer a guy who was over a point a game so that's signing i mean it looked good from the jump but point a game almost this year for three million bucks it's incredible value uh give me your loser frank my loser is the pittsburgh penguins acquiring eric carlson this team has struggled this year we've well documented their power play issues and for a team that when you look at the Eastern Conference standings is in 13th place, um, it's kind of tough for one of the oldest rosters in the league to add a player of Carlson's age who isn't putting up the point total anywhere close to the pace that he was on last year at 100 points. 
Um, the fit has not been fantastic on the power play as we've talked about. And to think about three more years of Eric Carlson at 10 million bucks a year, and you've given up your first round pick already in the process and you might miss the playoffs for the second year in a row. Like, I just don't know how the Pittsburgh Penguins dig out of this. I've said it before, not revisionist history. I said it from jump street. When I looked at the Pittsburgh Penguins last year, I didn't say they needed a hundred point defenseman and a power play specialist to come in and help that team. Um, it just, I didn't see it then. And I don't see it now. Yeah, I, we've talked about it a lot. It's been a big story, but it's not even like Carlson has played poorly with the Penguins. It's just, like you said, it wasn't what they needed. Carlson coming in and playing well still hasn't made them better, so it tells you everything you need to know about the move right there. Finally, Frank, a win-win from the NHL offseason. Both sides benefit. You know, this was a tough one. I was thinking uh, there's been a few. Uh, James Van Riemsdyk has been a great story with the Boston Bruins. Uh, he's come in and had uh, one of his best seasons. He's on track to near a career high in points. He's on pace for 59 and not a million bucks and a chance to win at his stage in his career. I'm thinking win-win, but I got to go with uh, Oliver Ekman Larson from the Florida Panthers. Um, he gets the buyout in Van. I think I had lots of questions about whether he'd be able to get back to an elite level. The way that he started this year when this team didn't have Brandon Montour and Aaron Ekblad and the way that he picked up the slack playing, he's playing 23 minutes a night to start the year. That total has obviously come back down. Um, and at $2.25 million, he fit the Panthers cap. There was no long-term risk. So a win for the Panthers, someone that got, you know, tided them over. They've been able to remain competitive toward the top of the Atlantic Division standings. I think they're a real threat to win the Stanley Cup because of an addition like Ekman Larson. And the ultimate win-win is being able to double dip and then collect your buyout from Van and also from Florida. It's a win-win for Ekman Larson, too. He reboots his career. Yeah, the, the crazy part about that, a lot of times with those buyout guys, when they go on to have success, it's like, oh, they've settled into like a lower role, not facing as much pressure. He was playing 22 plus minutes a night early on this season, Frank, and just continued to give the Panthers quality, quality minutes on the blue line. And now that there's, they're starting to get healthy, he should settle into a really nice kind of bottom pairing role. Yeah, there's something to be said for a guy that sort of leaves the spotlight as the Canucks highest paid defenseman. His game is constantly under scrutiny. He goes to South Florida and finds himself again. But let's flip the table here. Let's uh, give me your offseason uh, review, and let's start with your winner. Who's who's your big win from the offseason? Yeah, for me, it. Uh, I mean, we're going to talk about the Ottawa Senators in a bit, but that Alex Dabrinkit situation was fascinating. Detroit scoops in. They get their guy. There was obviously a lot of talk that they wanted him, and it's Worked out beautifully here, Frank. We're talking about a guy who's scoring at nearly a 40-goal pace. You have him under contract now for three more years at under $8 bucks, And he also helped you land Patty Kane in the process, right? Like that connection played a role. So the way this DeBrinket situation's played out for Detroit, again, to have a guy in the prime of his career, 26 years old, who's showing you he can keep up his 40-goal pace, it's worked out wonderfully for Steve Eiserman. Yeah, and someone that really wanted to be there, too, I think is is the big part of it. You saw in Ottawa when he maybe wasn't as engaged. The Sens certainly and their players uh, weren't shy about saying, hey, get out of here if you don't want to be here. But he, he lands in Michigan. It's been a really good fit. What about uh, a loser? Who's stuck out to you like a sore thumb? 
I mean, it's in the news right now, so maybe it's low-hanging fruit, but tonight, Connor Brown is expected to be a healthy scratch with the Edmonton Oilers. And on one hand, you go, hey, the $775,000 cap hit this year, he doesn't need to do that much to earn that. But, I mean, he hasn't even earned league minimum. Frank, he doesn't have a goal in 23 games. And on top of that, they now have that $3.25 million bonus looming on next year's cap if they don't have the space to pay it off this year. He's just been totally ineffective. He's disappeared. He's been a ghost so far this season, Frank. And again, on paper, it seemed like such a good fit. Reunited with Connor McDavid in that on that Oilers lineup, his junior teammate. There's just been nothing there so far. It's, it's stunning, but it's clearly a loser. Yeah, clearly a loser. It's been uh, exactly 41 consecutive games that Connor Brown hasn't scored a goal, which has to wear on him. I was at the Oilers practice yesterday when he was sort of out of the mix and he was not a very happy camper walking off the ice. And I certainly don't blame him. I thought that fit would be so much better. We'll have uh, Brent Wallace on in a second from coming in hot to talk about the sins. You'd have to go back to when Connor Brown was a sin March 24th, 2022 for his last goal in the NHL approaching two full calendar years. So that has definitely hurt the Oilers. And as you mentioned, eating up their cap space, increase next year part of it if uh that bonus overage does indeed carry over to next year based on the way his contract is structured so give me your win-win yeah my win-win is an easy one and i'll be honest i took this one off the board i didn't give you the chance to pick it but it's the pierre luc dubois trade between the kings and the jets on one hand the kings went out added a big piece to their forward group clearly a guy they wanted and he wanted to be there but for the winnipeg jets when you consider the situation they were in in this one frank to go out and get the layer of depth that they did, I think was really impressive. And all of those guys seem to be fitting in pretty well, mainly Gabe Velarde, who increased his goal-scoring streak to four last night, has five goals over his last four games as well. I know he was banged up for a little bit, but again, that Jets team, we talked about it earlier in the week, I feel like they're one impactful forward away from having a really, really damn good top nine. A big reason why they're even that close is because Ayafalo, Velarde, Kapari, those guys are all contributing so far this year. Yeah, and I have to admit, I thought it was an L for the Jets at the time. I thought whenever you try and chase after quantity instead of quality, that you're in a tough spot. You're always, when you trade away a player of Dubois' ability, you're losing the best player in the deal every single time, and that hurts. But the way they've been able to fold that depth in as you take a look at the trade and get a second-round pick, Dubois uh, has, as you mentioned, fit in well with the Kings. Maybe uh, those are the best trades, the old win-win. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's not waste any more time. We went way too late on that, and I kind of knew we would. Uh, but let's get to our big segment today. It's Brent Wallace in the All-32. The All-32 is delivered by DoorDash for a limited time. Our Canadian listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when they download the DoorDash app and use the promo code NATION25. It's the holiday week. Everyone's off work. You don't want to be cooking. Use DoorDash and make them your holiday hack this holiday season. Brent Wallace from Coming In Hot, which he hosts with Jason York and Bobby Ryan. You can find him on the Coming In Hot YouTube, and they have had a lot to talk about this week with the firing of DJ Smith. But I want to talk about how this Sens team looked since then. Obviously, just the one game, but Jacques Martin behind the bench. Brent, what are some of the biggest changes you're expecting Martin to make early on in his tenure here? Hi, good afternoon, everybody, uh, and happy holidays, guys. Um, the You'll see the biggest change, I think, is just the details, right? Like yesterday in practice, they practiced line changes. 
and this sounds really weird, but Jason York, who's on my show, uh, played under Jacques in his first full year uh, with the Sens. And Jacques did the same thing back then. They practiced second period line changes. Ottawa, the worst team in the league when giving up uh, second period goals. And so it's details. You saw it in the game. Mark Kastelik doesn't finish a check. Daniel Alfredson comes over to him when he comes off the ice and basically gives it to him. Like, you got to start paying attention. You'll see the details really matter. And that neutral zone they're trying to change, we'll see their transition game change too. Yeah, Wally, it's so interesting, you know, maybe something as old school as practicing a line change, the attention to detail, the structure, the stickler that Jacques Martin is can yeah. help provide some of those details that this Sens team needs. But I have to think, thinking more long-term, um, that at 71 years old, one of the oldest NHL coaches ever, this is an ageism, but a fact, that Jacques Martin is not the permanent solution here. Obviously, he has the interim tag. I published a story, and you and I had a chance to talk yesterday, uh, today, about um, five potential coaching candidates for the Sens. Who would be your guy? Who would you pick to be the next coach of the Sens? Well, so let, can we go back to Jacques? So I've re, I've seen this everywhere about he's 71. And if you know Jacques Martin, he's a young 71. I don't think the age really matters. I don't think if you look at the average years that NHL coaches are coaching, is three, four years that long a, a time? I think Jacques might be what they need. And that is a great teacher for what he is. He took over a team in Ottawa back in 95-96 who had a young Alexi Yashin, a young Daniel Alfredson, Marion Hosa, Radic Bong, Wade Red, and Chris Phillips turned these guys into a perennial contender. I'm not counting him out. What if in the last 56 or 57 games, whatever they have left, that they start to go on a roll? Does he earn it? Maybe. I, but I do understand your point, Frank. Long-term, I think they want, as in Steve Steos and Michael Landlauer, a guy that's for them, that they know they trust. And, of course, that comes to the names of John Gruden, Jay McKee. I wouldn't be surprised if it's one of them. Uh, I, for, for me personally, think they need a veteran coach who's been there, done that, so they know the details. They can dial that in, like a Claude Julien. But it, probably uh, John Gruden would be my favorite. And you and I talked yesterday. I don't think we should overlook Chris Kelly, former Ottawa Senator who's a Boston Bruin assistant coach, won the Stanley Cup with Boston, highly regarded in Ottawa as probably the smartest player that's ever played for the Ottawa Senators. Great with details, great defensively. I think he might be a candidate too. Yeah, he'd be a great sort of outside the box, give someone a fresh start. It's a fascinating choice to see whether you think the Sens need someone that's experienced, that's done it before, or whether you think that you know, giving another head coach his first shot as they did with DJ Smith uh, makes sense. I want to take it 30,000 foot view here though, because look um, what we've seen from Michael Anlauer and Steve Steo, since they took this team over in September, the Sens are nothing if not meticulous in their front office to this point. They're deliberate. Everything seems to have be planned out as much as they can. But it also means that at times some fans have viewed them as slow to react. When yeah. you look at what this team needs, and it, you know, they're kind of settled right now with Jacques Martin in the interim role. But from a pure roster building perspective, GM going out and hiring that person to be the GM, what what would your priority list look like? Like what would the order be for you if you were in the front office for the Sens in terms of what they need to tackle next? This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. 
Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Well, Frank, they've got an interim head coach and interim GM. They've got to get this sorted out. And... I know they got the keys late to the team. They got it in September. And so trying to find a GM and a head coach as the season started is virtually impossible. So I do understand them trying to wait this year out. I don't think they had any intention of firing DJ Smith this year. I, we got to be a little patient. Like, I don't even know if Michael Landlauer's name on the door is even dried yet from the paint. It's four months and fans are already trying to be upset about what they've done. Well, they've given you an analytics guy. They've given you Ben Sexton as an assistant coach and another assistant coach and Alfie. And they've changed the coaches. They've changed the GM. They've done a lot. We just got to be a little more patient here and let them do the work. As you say, they're deliberate, but they need a GM in play. They need stability. You can't hire a head coach unless you know who that GM is. And I think that's the big thing. We've got to figure out who's going to be the GM. Let me, let me play devil's advocate though. And let me say, Michael Anlauer has known that he was going to be purchasing this team, even though the transaction didn't close until September for a long time. Like there's been lots of opportunity to plan and plot for this season. And for a roster that you kind of feels like you've wasted another year of the prime of Brady Kachuk and Tim Stutzla and Jake Sanderson. Why hasn't there been more of a push? Is that an unfair so he, question to ask? No, no. And I thought the same thing too. I'm like, well, you had all this time. You knew going in who you wanted to put in place in certain spots. But my understanding is Michael Landlauer is a very patient person and goes through everything meticulously. And that's why, A, partially the sale took so long that they were so long dragging it out because they went through all the details. So my understanding is he was going to let Pierre Dorian run this team until he saw, as in Michael Landlauer, what he either liked or didn't like with Pierre Dorian. And so I think they were trying to let them see how they did things uh, on a day-to-day -day basis before they made certain changes. And the other thing is he didn't want to come in and start firing everybody and make it look like he was the big bully and was going to just push everybody around and everything was everything was going to be gone. 
So I think no one wants to be the, that guy, but once I, you come right. in and do it anyway, what's the difference? Like you've now done well, it and I, it's December and yeah, well. but I think they were letting people try and maybe, I don't want to use the term fire themselves, but Pierre Dorian showed him his own way out the door. Uh, and I think that they were maybe letting them see if they were going to do that. And I think DJ, DJ Smith oh, did the same thing. I mean, more or less exactly. the same results this year that they got last year and the year before. I, I understand, but Michael Landlauer wasn't in the office last year. So I think I'm not trying. I'm just trying to give you the other side. Yeah. I would I'm, like I'm, to have just, seen them I come like in the and debate. change everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to have seen them come in right away and go, you know what? Our team, this is what we're doing, but he didn't want to appear that way. So it was important that they let them run it. And then Michael Landlauer saw how they did it. And then it was, okay, now we need to move on. Never a dull moment covering the Ottawa Senators. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Ah, it's it, it's fantastic. But I the coach thing is interesting to me, Frank. I still think they need a veteran guy who's detail oriented, and I don't think they're going to get that with the GM not in place yet. Uh, like great point. They've they've brought in Dave Cameron and Corey Clouston, and uh, they went to John Paddock, and they brought in Craig Hartsburg. All these guys who hadn't coached either in a long time or ever at the NHL level. Give me some stability in the on the coaching side, just please. The only guy they really had success with was Guy Boucher, and he had done it. That's all he had gotten them there. So let's go with the veteran coach, can we? Stability has become a dirty word in the nation's capital. <laughs> uh, if anyone deserves a holiday break, it is Brent Wallace, Bobby Ryan, and Jason York. Wally, thanks for doing this, man. Anytime, guys. Enjoy the holidays. I love sitting front row for a good debate. That was solid. Uh, let's move along to our daily face-off inbox question. Hashtag AskDFO. It was our boy Jeremiah in with the first question over in the daily face-off YouTube, Frank. And he wants to know, there are a lot of teams with glaring needs. Which GM is going to be the first to pull the trigger on a trade once the trade freeze lifted? Whose trigger finger is getting a little too itchy, Frank? Ooh. I think the Calgary Flames have been ready to rumble for a bit. I don't think they've gotten the activity on the other end of the phone that not that they would wouldn't want, but it just a lot of tire kicking, not a lot of action. I think they're ready to go. So I think Craig Conroy is ready to shake things up, do things a little bit differently. Um, we know the St. Louis Blues are pretty hungry and itching to do something. Uh what about those Sabres? We talked uh, on the DFO rundown today a lot about Buffalo and and how they could really use a few extra pieces. I'd love to know if Kevin Adams is going to be active. I don't have any indication that's the case, but I feel like they could really use it. If our friends at Patano were able to give me odds on the position involved in the first trade, I would hammer it being a goalie trade, Frank. I think someone's, I, I'm not an insider, but I just think someone's going to want to pull the trigger and get their goaltending situation sorted yeah. out. I think the Leafs are a good team to throw in the mix too. They obviously need to upgrade on their defense, but the goalie spot is is going to be interesting. If someone, what if someone wants Ilya Samsonov? What if you know Martin Jones ends up being the guy that's one B to Joe Wall? That would be another way to add a few million bucks to your salary cap space. If someone would be interested in taking Samsonov off your hands to take a flyer on him for the rest of the season before he becomes a free agent. 
I was going to say pending free agents, so not a crazy contract to have to move either. Uh, let's move along to our Botano daily bets for the day. Frank uh, managed to get the split last night, but the one win I got was a very nice plus 150 puck line cover by the Winnipeg Jets. So feeling good heading into Thursday night slate in the NHL. Pat, why don't you flash up my first bet of the day? It's the over between the Edmonton Oilers and the New Jersey Devils, two teams who have struggled to keep pucks out of their net this season. Calvin Pickard, the last time these two teams met, he played exceptionally well, had like a 930-something save percentage. I don't think that's happening again here for Pickard, who's been a career backup AHL goalie. So give me the over six and a half between Edmonton and Jersey. And we were just talking about the Ottawa Senators. I don't think they're turning it around tonight. They're taking on a Colorado Avalanche team that should be very pissed off after losing to the Chicago Blackhawks. The puck line's paying a good number, and this is a matchup that Colorado has dominated over the last number of years. 5-0-1 in their last six games against the Senators. 25-1-1 all-time at home against the Senators. I think Colorado just absolutely rolls in this matchup. Give me the puck line. Banking on another nice, juicy puck line win for the second time this week. Shout out to Botano 19+. plus. Please play responsibly. Which brings us to garbage time for the day, Frank. It's brought to you by Wendy's in the daily face-off Survivor game. I have not had success in it. You have not had success in it. It is an absolutely miserable attempt for you and I in the first couple days every week. Uh, But one guy who is having success, Frank, is Yarmir Yager. Back on the ice with his team out in Kladno. And not only does he make his debut, which again pushes back his Hall of Fame eligibility, I may add. But he makes his season debut and he picks up a primary assist as well. The dude's a machine. He deserves some love. 51 years old. I, I love Yarmir Yager so much. He's an international hockey treasure. One of my favorite people to spend time around and cover. And I love that he's still going. This is so peak Yager. Like he waited all season to get to this point. Uh, get a home game for Cladno. Sell some tickets, baby. Uh, it's an amazing story. I love that he doesn't care about his Hall of Fame eligibility. He's like, ah, whatever, I'll get there someday. He's a true legend in every sense of the word. Why do they not just change the rule, though, right? Like, he's been out of the NHL. I know it's the Hockey Hall of Fame, not the NHL Hall of Fame, but I'd love to see them just say, you know what? Screw it. Yags, you can get in whenever you want. You just let us know. Uh, Chris Johnson had a great story about this in The Athletic. Uh, He actually talked to the Hall of Fame and explained exactly why they're not changing the rules. Wayne Gretzky was the last one in 1999. When he retired, they changed the rules right after that, saying... Unless there's a special circumstance, meaning someone has a terminal illness and would otherwise normally be going in, uh, then you're going to have to wait your turn. There's been a lot of really great, unbelievable players over the last number of years that didn't get in uh, or, I mean, had to wait until the three-year eligibility period uh, had passed because I think it also created the Hall was worried about this idea that some Hall of Famers are better than others, even though in parentheses, I'd say we really know that's the case. Yeah, 100%. All right, that is a wrap on today's show. Tomorrow, one last edition of Daily Faceoff Live before the holiday break. Big shout out to Brent Wallace for swinging by and giving us a real solid couple of minutes on the sends and our producer, Pat Puff. Everyone in the YouTube, as always, I loved it. Make sure you hit the like button before you close your window. We'll be back tomorrow, noon Eastern. Chat with you then. Thanks for tuning in to Daily Faceoff Live. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Face-Off Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.